You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. A reminder, everyone, get ready to text. Tomorrow's Lotto Max jackpot. It is an estimated $55 million, plus four max millions. So text MAX, M-A-X, text MAX in your name to 105050 for your chance to win $100 in Lotto Max tickets with Encore. Standard message rates apply to all entries. Lotto Max, dream to the max. So text MAX and your name to 105050 right now to win those Lotto Max tickets. We are joined by, it feels like it's been ages, from TSN Edge, betting fantasy analysts focused mostly on the NBA. It is Wesley Chang. Wesley, first off, um, Happy New Year. I think it's way too late to say it, but um, how are you doing? How is the young family? Hey, cause thanks for the wishes. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah, it has been a minute. Young family's doing good. You know, uh, obviously the Raptors, they've been struggling. My yeah. family luckily has not. So, you know, life's good. All right, cause Good. <laughs> Good, good. And I got to tell you, I don't know, uh, you know, what your skin regimen is, but whenever there's a new parent on TV, I'm looking for under the eyes, and you look energetic. So I don't know what you're doing, but it is paying off. Um, I want to start in a completely different direction. We were doing in the last segment our stardom, sit'em, cut'em, and I was asked who was the Raptors MVP: Siakam, OG Ananobi, or Fred Van Vliet. Who would I start? Who would I sit? Who would I cut? And it got, the, the, the thing that I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, the one name not included is Scotty Barnes. From a fantasy standpoint, for anyone who drafted Scotty Barnes, how are they at the beginning of the year, with whatever the expectations should have been, how are they feeling on January 12th? Yeah, most teams with Scotty Barnes on their fantasy team are probably in the bottom half of the league. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much guaranteed. Yeah, not been a good year for Scotty. Uh, he was... He was expected to do very well, and he's kind of he's kind of regressed a bit. But he's doing better. He started really slow, and it's it's getting better. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. It, it, none of this is to say he's doomed or we're down on him. But it's just what the expectations were. And then, like, take last. Like, imagine anyone doing pro. I tell you that the Raptors are going to score 132 points. They're going to shoot 50 percent. They're going to get 20 uh, three pointers. And Scotty has five field goal attempts in the game. Like I don't know anyone who's betting any Scotty Barnes overs right now. It's, I mean, it's really weird. It's a really weird era of Scotty Barnes offense because of late, a lot of teams have been putting their set like opposing centers on Scotty, leaving him by himself on the three point line. Uh, I, he'll figure it out. I'm actually really confident he's a good enough offensive player to get through it. But I think it's just so foreign to him that. He's not really figuring it. It just takes time to figure out something like that. So the fact that it's kind of been happening now multiple games in a row, I think he'll start to figure it out, and then teams might have to revert back to playing him normally. But it's just this weird period. Like Mason Plumlee was guarding him all night, right? It's kind of of funky. But but at the very least, we got the uh, Scotty Barnes dunk on Plumlee, so we will always have that from the last game. (laughs) There you go. Um, 
I don't know if you have any specific bets you like in tonight's Raptors uh, Hornets game on FanDuel. There's some. There's a whole bunch of. Um, there's a, just a wide variety of bets. I wanted to throw two by you and get your thoughts on it. Um, one is positive Raptors. One is negative Raptors. Terry Rozier twenty plus points and a Hornets win at plus four twenty. Thoughts on when I your initial thoughts when I throw that out? Yeah, I mean they're correlated. So I get it. I mean, it's, uh, if Rogier goes off, you know, the Hornets should obviously win. But they're eight-point dogs. I, I, I just don't I, – I, you know you know how the okay, – Raps go to 132 points. You think, like, oh, my God, that's, like, really uncharacteristic of them. That's, like, what, third, fourth high-scoring game of the season? Yeah. But Charlotte played really, like, above average for themselves, too, in this game against us on Tuesday. So I – like, Rogier, I think he, what, he missed five shots. Yep. On nineteen, and they were hard shots as well. Like he was, like that's not he, They were contested. Yeah, that is not happening again. So um, right. I get that twenty. Yeah, I get twenty points is you know reasonable if you look at it, but I, I wouldn't take that. I think the Raptors win this game. All right then. Okay, then let's go on to the. I think the Raptors win the game. Fred Van Vliet, who didn't shoot the ball well until they needed him to. When it was a one-point game, he hits back-to-back threes. Fred Van Vliet to score 25 points or more, and the Raptors win. That's at plus 380, so basically nearly 4-1 to odds. I mean, what I like about that is you're getting Raps' money line. You're not, you're not getting paid out much on that, right? Yeah. So it's a, nice little, it's a nice little bonus there. Again, good correlation. But Fred to get 25? Um, I know. I, that's... That's just – it's a big ask. It's a big yep. ask. So if uh, if you're really feeling it's a Freddy night, go for it by all means. I like that you're tagging the money line to it. They definitely go hand in hand. I just don't think – I just don't Freddy needs to go off in this game, um, especially on like a 25-point clip. I don't, I don't see that happening for him tonight. Is there any bets or anything? And before we move on, more bigger picture MVP talk, things like that. Um, is yeah. there any uh, Raptor related? Is there any Raptor related that you like in uh, tonight's game? Yeah, it's okay. Well, I mean, first of all, very unique situation. You're getting to play a team second night in a row. Yeah, at home as well. So it, it's weird in the sense that you can cherry pick some stuff you saw from Tuesday. So I'm very curious to see how the Raps defend Mason Plumley again. If you saw all the buckets that he scored, it's all because the Raps were basically just ignoring him. And they were really hovering over the um, primary playmaker in the pick and rolls. So Scotty Barnes, I think he was on him four of his shots. Coloco on two, like Boucher two or three. And they just all kind of ignored Plumley. Yep. I'm very curious to see if Nick Nurse like puts more emphasis on that. Or if that's just a mistake in how the Raps play defense against a big, if so, then you should take the over on Plumley points because those are like they're just all dunks. Every single basket is pretty much right at the rim for him, right? So, yep. Um, over twelve and a half is one that I'm intrigued by, especially because of how Raptors play defense. But you know, you, you talk about Fred points, right? One of the reasons why I'm hesitant to take Fred is just because Gary Trent Jr. is playing so well. Yep. And so when Gary's on like this. I find the team is really good about deferring to the guy who's doing well, and Gary's just been very consistent since getting back into the starting lineup. So he's at 20.5 on FanDuel. He's somebody I'm keeping an eye out for. Ever since he's been in the starting lineup, he scored 20 points or more in four of the five, five of the six games. 
So uh, Gary's just somebody I like a lot in this game tonight. I think he should hit his over. And then we talked about Barnes, right? I am very curious to see if Barnes just keeps doing what he did last game, which is be a really good facilitator because of how the Charlotte defense, they're kind of defending him, putting a center on him, kind of staying off of him a little bit and let it, giving him the three-point shot and all that. Scotty's a very capable passer. Let's see if he knows how to eat up some of that space and then make the right pass at the right time and all that. So those are the ones that catch my eye. Um, I would I would recommend you know any of those three. I think they're based off of what happened on Tuesday, good place. And if you want a little more value uh, on FanDuel, I'm looking at it right now, Mason Plumley to score 15 points or more is at plus 130. So maybe uh, keep an eye on that as well. Um, there you go. Checking, checking in your latest work again, joined by Wesley Chang from TSN Edge. Um, you uh, you and Kara Waglin, beyond she shaming you about Jokic, <laughs> which we can get to. Uh, the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're great. And, and everyone loves them. But from a betting perspective, what is the ceiling, do you think, for this team? You know, is this a team that, you know, you would, you would look to put for NBA Finals where, and uh, they're 11 to 1 to win it, only five teams of smaller odds. Would you do that? Or the Grizzlies, do they still feel like a team that is maybe one year away from being a championship team? So my producer on pretty much everything I do NBA wise is Fabio Lucarini. So shout out to him. Yeah. He had a discussion about this because the West, is so wide open. I think there's up. You can give me four or five teams to say, and say like, oh, they have a legitimate chance to be in the finals. You can make the argument. The discussion I had with Fab is these top tier teams in the West. It is going to be so matchup dependent this upcoming playoffs. And the analogy we said was like, okay, so Memphis is somehow they squared up against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. We believe the Grizz have a reasonable chance to win that matchup. If the Nuggets play the Warriors in the West Finals, we think the Warriors will smoke them. We think they'll smoke Denver. And then you have matchups like the Clippers. The Clippers up against a team like the Warriors. We think the Clippers can win. But then the Grizz against the Clips, we think that's a really good matchup. So point being is the seeding, we think, is going to matter so much this year with how the Western Conference plays out. But at the price he just mentioned for Memphis, I absolutely love that price. This team gets it done on defense. And in a seven-game series, like obviously you want to have you know, good ISO scoring, some of your more traditional stuff you've seen kind of in old-school basketball. But Memphis is so, so suffocating on the defensive end right now that you know, depending who they play against, they could be a lot of trouble for any team that relies on a lot of scoring in the paint. Um, but you can, again, we can go on and on. We can talk about this for hours and make the argument for any of these Western Conference teams to end up in the finals. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee, I guarantee it'll, there will not be a conclusion. Any name you stick out, you can really kind of uh, bang the drum for why they deserve or are capable. Uh- and that's what I love about this year in the NBA. We, this is the most parody I have ever been a part of. And this is not a hyperbole since I've started watching basketball. Since the early 90s, I have never experienced parody that what we have right now. And it is glorious. I leave you with this question. We can ask this every week. And to me, the MVP conversation is a fun one because it really just tells the story of where we are at the moment. It kind of takes the temperature of the NBA. 
Now it's Jokic as the favorite. Doncic at two. Durant is down to 16 to one. And you can blame Jimmy Butler for that. Giannis is three. Tatum is tied with uh, Giannis. Uh, all these odds on FanDuel. Uh, your opinion on the MVP has it changed? Um, I just think it's so tight at the top. Like I, yep. I don't, I honestly, I'd be just, you know, throwing a dart at the board if I told you which one of these four guys wins it right now. But Cos, how many times <laughs> have you and I talked about narrative, right? Narrative I know. is so much part of this award. So the thing I can't get over, and I said, like you thought you referenced the Kara hit, are they really going to give Jokic a three P? Like really? Are they going to do that? Because think about how loud the conversation is going to get about LeBron being take, having that taken away from him, MJ having that taken away from him twice, right? I just don't know. I really don't know if they're willing to do it. I feel like Jokic has to be so much better and above the other guys at the top there in order to win I, this award this season. That's my concern. I, I think he uh, Denver has to win the West, and yeah, his numbers are going to be crazy. Otherwise, Luca wins it, but only if Dallas gets in the top four. I don't think yeah. they're going to give it to, to Luca. Dallas has got to get in the top four. Um, you know, Boston wins sixty. Maybe you look at Tatum there. Um, Giannis, uh, if Milwaukee wins the East and give the oh, I can't wait. It's uh, it, you know what yeah. though, but the, but this sort of goes to the, to the parody question. You know, it's it's like you can make the argument for four guys very easily. Um, Joel Embiid, uh, God, he's just gonna. I w- I want to give it to him just so he shuts up. And um, but but I feel like we've got it's a four man race right now, and maybe Joel Embiid uh, could sneak in. That's I think that yeah, I think that yeah, makes he's sense. lurking, he's hanging around. But yeah. you know, I always remind everybody I talk to, we're halfway through the NBA. Yeah. Season. There's a lot to go. There's a lot of basketball yep. to play. A lot of things can happen. So, you oh, know, yeah. I do think there's uh, there's still a lot of the story to be untold. We'll see. Thank you so much, Wesley. Check out his work at tsn.ca slash edge. Wesley, thanks for joining the show. Hey, God, appreciate you. All the best to you and the family. Coming up on the other side, we go back to NFL pick and prop. We look through the three games, the three wild card games on Sunday, and give uh, I give my picks. Producer Josh gives his props. We'll do that right after traffic. Today is a a football show, and um, you've got so many great storylines with wild card weekend coming up. So that's why game plan goes Matthew Cause. We are going crazy heavy on the NFL. But just a shout-out to the Maple Leafs who take on the Red Wings tonight back-to-back. Uh, but I, I got really into that game last night against the Preds, Leafs winning 2-1. And I think it, especially the moment when David Kampf gets decked in the head and no call, I think at that point it's like, oh, bleep y'all. Then suddenly I was more into it. But the Leafs beat a team 5-0-1 in their last six with a goalie who was who's, who's on a massive heater in Saros right now who had, you know, Early on, four saves in the first 90 seconds, some close saves, a couple good chances by Nylander, nothing getting by, um, nothing getting by uh, the Predators. So in a game where you got, you're got you going up against a hot goalie, that's 5-0-1 in the last six, and no Austin Matthews. For the Leafs to get that win was, I, I think that was a really good win for the Maple Leafs. And shout-out to Nylander, two very important assists. And the reason why Marner was wide open on the game-winning goal was because the entire defense got sucked into Nylander, 
fake shot past to Marner. Marner's not going to get an easier chance than what he got last night. Not at all. With Austin Matthews being out, you had a feeling that William Nylander would be buzzing around the net the entire night. Yep. And uh, Julia and Al's brother were talking about this on Leafs Lunch, saying, oh, wow. As soon as the puck dropped in the first period, you knew there was a different Nylander. But, not, but Matt, before we move on, yeah, that could have been a game you could have gave the number one star to anybody. Matt Murray with mm-hmm. a phenomenal performance, one yeah. of the best probably oh, of his season. Marner, the wizardry, as they like to call it, and Nylander. Also, got to yeah. credit Johnny T as well. So, yep. Tavares played super well. Um, I think the entire team played a whole unit, and we'll see if they can continue that against Detroit. By the way, real quick on FanDuel, the under for the Leafs, Red Wings, 6.5. I like the under at minus 130. I think the Red Wings are going to be on their best behavior. They beat Winnipeg 7-5, which just pissed off their head coach, who said, I'd be hard-pressed to find a game we played poorly this season. I'm a little frustrated because I haven't seen this out of this group lately. So the team gets a tongue lashing. Everyone's on their best behavior. I don't think we see Austin Matthews. I love the under again for the Leafs tonight. I was shocked last night that the over... (laughs) Didn't go my way. Your 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 under was a great pick. Little tidbit: the Detroit oh. Red Wings Tip. are twenty second in goals allowed this season with three point three eight. Oh yeah, I know that they're going to be their best. Got to watch that. Yeah. Ilya Samsonov in the net against Vila Huso. Uh huh. I know. That's you know what? Side with it. Side with yeah. that. that- Dad is angry. Everyone's going to eat their vegetables. Everyone's going to be on their best behavior. All right, let's get to it. It's time for more picks and props. First, again, give me some football music. And give me the fancy new intro for this. And what is, Producer Josh, what is the first game we got? Dolphins versus Bills. All right, the Miami Dolphins are a 13.5-point underdog in Buffalo, and that's on FanDuel. I think Buffalo wins. I think they cover. The Bills are second in yards on offense, second in points scored. Sixth in yards allowed. Second in points allowed. I love the fact that their running game is now seventh in yards. Quality wins over KC Baltimore. They beat Pittsburgh by 35. They beat the Patriots twice. All three of their losses have come by a field goal or less. As for Miami, Skyler Thompson issues at left tackle, right tackle. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win and cover. Josh, what do you got for a prop? Absolutely lovely pick. I messed up there. This is... Game Plays 2023 NFL Playoff Picks for this weekend. I had to throw it in there. It sounded much better That's this okay. time. Stefan okay. yeah. Diggs, anytime touchdown score. You know what, Matt? It's in plus odds. Oh. Bill's wide receivers have 14 touchdowns in the red zone this season. And Matt... The Dolphins have allowed 24 receiving touchdowns in the red zone. Combined 20 targets against the Dolphins in his last two games. 48 catches, 687 yards throughout his playoff career. Four TDs, digs, book it. Xavier Howard also has had had a really down year at corner for the Miami Dolphins. Next up, what's the next game that we have there, producer Josh? Giants versus Vikings. I have the Vikings winning and covering. Technically, not a primetime game, so that helps Kurt Cousins. 
By the way, Kirk Cousins, he's got a playoff win under his belt. He's got four Pro Bowls. His five years in Minnesota, he's got a better than three to one touchdown to INT average. He's average or ratio, excuse me. He's averaged over 4,100 yards, completed 67% of his passes, and his team is 14 games over 500. Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards than the Giants' top three wide receivers combined. The Giants' defense is overrated. 25th in yards allowed, 18th in points allowed, dead last in interceptions. The Giants also no big playability through the air. Dead last in completions of 25 yards or more. Give me Minnesota to win in cover. What's your prop bet there, Josh? You know Skull will be going absolutely nuts in many this weekend. Okay. I'm going to side with you on this one. Vikings have averaged 340 passing yards per game, and you know what that means. Justin Jefferson over 6.5 receptions at minus 172. He's hit oh, this yeah. line in seven of his last nine games. And listen to this, Matt. Against New York, last Game, 12 receptions, 133 receiving yards, and one TD. I love the Jet this weekend. The Giants' defense stinks. What is the final game for Wild Card Weekend? Ravens versus Bengals. Bengals on FanDuel, 8.5 point favorite. I'm not seeing upsets. I'm not seeing Lamar Jackson. If he plays, this will change. I got the Bengals 8.5. I'm going to take it. Uh, Baltimore, the last two years without Lamar Jackson, are 2-13. and 13. The Bengals have won eight in a row. They were leading the Bills when that game was correctly uh, called off. The Bengals have beaten KC. Uh, my, they beat Miami. The Steelers by 7. Tampa by 11. Joe Burrow tied with Josh Allen with 35 passing touchdowns. Second in yards uh, per game passing. And he's only been sacked 12 times the last eight games. Giving the Bengals to win in cover. What's your prop bet? Going to be fired up in Cincy. Matt, there has been a lot of back-and-forth beef between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, specifically against Jamar Chase and Roquan Smith after a late hit in the last game. And Chase says it was all Roquan Smith. I know he's the only one trying to do messy stuff. He's trying to do messy stuff? You know what? Let's give Jamar Chase his credit. Minus 105 to score a touchdown. He's hit that line. In three of his last four games, Chase TD against the Ravens defense. Love it. Love it, love it. And, yeah, um, last year, over 500 yards in one game, Joe Burrow against the Baltimore Ravens Come defense. on. On the other side, Ben Volan, senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe, is going to join us. And we'll talk Wild Card Weekend, but let's also talk about the Patriots offseason, where to quote from a tweet, Bruised egos, humility, grown-up decisions. Are Belichick and the Crafts up for it? We get into that on the other side. You're listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. We'll do that after traffic, which is brought to you by JanPro, proudly serving Canadian businesses for over 25 years. Put your trust in JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Visit janpro.ca today. Time now for traffic. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. When getting set for the show, I always like to take a look at any of my guests and what they've been tweeting out recently. And I love this tweet from my next guest, Ben Volan, where he writes, The Patriots' offseason requires tough conversations, bruised egos, humility, grown-up decisions. 
are Belichick and the Crafts up for it? Now that is a tweet where I am clicking on the link and I'm feeling better about myself than when you click on the link about like uh, the cast of, of, of different strokes, where are they now? And you hate that article and you hate yourself for reading it. Well, joining us, senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe, it is Ben Volan. Ben, thanks so much for joining the show today. Well, well, thank you for that intro. Saying my, my article was better than a clickbait, that is the nicest thing anyone has said to me. <laughs> thank you for that. Do you ever, listen, it's, you, you are absolutely welcome. Okay, off topic for a moment. Do you ever feel bad like when it's like, oh, uh, the secrets of what happened behind the scenes of the cast of Friends, and one out of every hundred times I will click on it, then I will look in the mirror and I feel nothing but shame. Uh, do you ever get roped in? Yeah, all the time, especially for like a slideshow, and you know oh. that it's just, you know, Russian hackers getting all your information, but you want oh, yeah. to click through. You want to see the girlfriends of famous NFL players or whatever. So, yep. yeah, that, <laughs> you, you do it anyway. You, you just you hope you don't click on anything too crazy because you don't want the, yeah. uh, the, the spam and the viruses and whatnot. But, yes, we all shame click sometimes. We do. Oh, we all love a good slideshow. And, by the way, um, you know, I've given out my social security number many a times. I'm sure it won't come back to bite me. Um, so right now, what is the state of the Patriots? I mean, I guess the, the, the question here is, would Belichick be open to bringing in more outsiders to be a part of his coaching staff? You know, that's the million-dollar question this year. Is Belichick really going to take it seriously now, the offensive coaching staff? Um, you know, last year the plan looked pretty – Pretty strange to those of us on the outside to go with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, two guys who really had no experience doing that at the NFL level. And the Patriots offense was, not surprisingly, pretty dismal this year. Um, now, I, I think also the coaches make for easy scapegoats. I think the Patriots roster had some problems. I don't think Mac Jones yeah. played very well at all this year, and I put it more on the players. But clearly they need an upgrade on offense. They you know, they ha didn't have anyone obvious on staff to replace Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, by the way, worth pretty much a touchdown per game. The Patriots scored 17 more touchdowns last year than this year. So you could say McDaniels wow. literally worth a touchdown per game. So uh, they, you know, so there's not like an obvious answer there. And is Belichick going to get serious and go outside his little circle and, and, and find someone? So that's definitely the million dollar question. Uh, the Patriots are good about making a big show about how we're making changes and we're getting serious, but they don't always do it. They don't always follow through. So uh, that is definitely the million dollar question. That's what I wrote the other day. I mean, this is. This is an offseason where Belichick needs to remove Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator and get a real one in there. And that might not be an easy move for, for Belichick. Matt Patricia is his guy. That's his, his right-hand man. They're, they're, their wives are friends off the field. Like, that's not yeah. an easy thing to, to do. So um, tough decisions need to be made. And the Crafts need to hold Belichick's feet to the fire. They need to say, hey, this wasn't a good plan, and we need better results moving forward here. So – uh, that is definitely the big question is, uh, you know, are Belichick and the Crafts really ready to make the tough decisions and make the bold moves, especially on the coaching staff that this team needs right now? And if I did the obvious sports radio reckless speculation, you know, the one name that you would think of, if you want, like, someone young with an offensive background, um, you know, certainly didn't end great, but like a Cliff Kingsbury. Like, I wonder if Belichick 
would be okay going after a name of that. And again, how big is he as a coach? That depends how you feel about him, but at the very least, he's certainly a big name out there who has been associated with a lot of high-end quarterbacks in the past. You know, and Kingsbury does have a connection. He was a, a Patriots draft pick back in the day, uh, 2003. Oh. He was a sixth-round pick. Now, he only he lasted one season. He was on IR all year, and then they cut him before year two. So it wasn't a long uh, connection, but he was yeah. in the room with Tom Brady for a year and, and did well, did get a Super Bowl ring in 2003. Um, but I still consider him kind of outside the family because he comes, yeah. you know, he's college, air raid system. Here's the thing about, you know, first of all, the, the name that everyone kind of has circled here in New England, Bill O'Brien, and he's been the offensive coordinator at Alabama under Nick Saban the last two years. And certainly he's a guy that I think makes a lot of sense. He he was offensive coordinator here for uh, four or five years. He worked with Brady. Here's the thing, though, about O'Brien, Kingsbury, any of these guys. I just don't think that being offensive coordinator for the Patriots is going to be your number one gig. You know, you come here, you're st- Bill Belichick is still getting all the credit. Yeah. Um, the offense isn't in great shape. Mac Jones, there are a lot of questions about how good of a quarterback he is. And the Patriots aren't exactly known for paying their coaches a lot either. So, um, you know, if you're Bill O'Brien, I, I don't know if, you know, I would come here if that's the best option I had, but I'd want to be a head coach maybe on the college level or I'd want to be a coordinator somewhere else where there's an easier path uh, and you get more credit. Same with Kingsbury. I just I, I don't know if these guys would be jumping at the opportunity to come here uh, and, and work for Belichick when it's not the easiest place to work and Belichick is still getting all the credit. So um, that, that to me is going to be tricky for the Patriots is, is how good of a candidate are they truly going to get. I, w- I was going to ask you, what is the relationship between Kraft and Belichick? But that might be tricky to answer. I, I, I guess I'll go here, Ben, and we'll get it off the coaches and we'll get it on to the players. You've seen two years of Mac Jones. And, yes, um, he, he hasn't had the best coaches, and he certainly hasn't had the same level of skill around him as, say, a Brock Purdy. But from what you've seen from Mac Jones, can you build a team around around him and be a legitimate playoff dangerous team? So I don't. the second part is what I, I'm not sure that I believe in as far as being a real contender in the AFC. Look at the playoffs this year. Look at the quarterbacks. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, maybe Lamar Jackson, though I'm not sure he's going to play this weekend. I mean, yeah. elite quarterbacks and all these and guys are 27 young. and younger. Yeah. And, and they're all they're all physically, you know, stud athletes. That's not Mac Jones. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not a big guy. He's not fast. He would have to win with his brain and his accuracy and, you know, so far it's been okay. I, I haven't been you know, totally impressed with his pocket presence and, and some of the things that, that he's done so far. They, he doesn't really have a signature win in, in two years with the Patriots. Doesn't he, I think he has one fourth-quarter comeback, and it was against the Texans last year. Um, you know, he, he, his, he tends to melt down in the fourth quarter in the second half more than, than really rise to the occasion. So, look, I think he's good enough where if you put enough pieces around him, kind of like Tua, if you put – if you put Tyreek Hill with Mac Jones and Jalen Waddell, I think he'd look a lot better. But I still don't think he's an elite quarterback or, or taking your team to where you want to go. So, he, to me, Mac Jones puts you in that territory where he's good enough and it's he's just dangerous enough that you know it's going to keep you competitive, but it's not going to take you to that next level. And that's always a tricky spot to be in. So, to me, if I'm the Patriots, I would ride Mac Jones out while he's on this rookie contract. They only have to pay him like five, six million dollars the next two years combined, so it's super cheap. 
But when it comes time to actually paying him real money, I, that's when I would be concerned because he 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 doesn't do any he doesn't have any real elite traits, and that's tough to win in today's NFL. You need to have a huge arm or be fast or have some really good traits. So I, I'd be concerned about Mac Jones as my long term answer. Uh, now I'd want to go down the speculation route. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray come to the Patriots, but even for me, that is uh, that is. Uh, being wildly irresponsible. And there's a bunch of games on this weekend, which I'm again joined by from the Boston Globe, uh, Ben Volan, who covers the entire NFL. I, I would say, and, uh, and we'll leave Monday out of it between Dallas and Tampa. Of the five games this weekend, a bunch of them, um, you know, it's almost double digit favorites because of the injuries to Tua. We don't know about Lamar Jackson. No one trusts Daniel Jones versus Kurt Cousins. Is the best game this weekend, Saturday night, where you kind of mentioned some of the names, where it's Justin Herbert taking on Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, especially if Lamar Jackson doesn't play. If he miraculously comes back, and right now it doesn't look like he will play, which is a really fascinating story all the way around. Um, but it, So if it's not him, that, that does take a lot of juice out of that Bengals-Ravens game, uh, which yeah. if, if Lamar Jackson does return, that's a great matchup. So that'd be too bad if, if he doesn't play. Yeah, Giants Vikings is probably going to be ugly. Although I, I do kind of like the Giants as an upset there. The Vikings thirteen and four this year, but had a negative point differential and just it's crazy. Uh, you know won a lot of games by the skin of their teeth. And so I'm very curious to see how the Vikings do in the playoffs. But I, I could see an upset. Yeah, Tua not playing takes a lot out of that Bills Dolphins game. Uh, the Saturday afternoon, maybe Niners and Seahawks is a little entertaining. Um, the Niners are a wagon right now, so I'd be very surprised if the Seahawks pull it off. So, yeah, the, the, the two teams that, you know, no, no, no real national presence there, the Chargers nope. or the Jaguars, but two exciting young quarterbacks with Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. I really like Doug Peterson, the coach in Jacksonville, and the job that they've done there. To me, Brandon Staley, the Chargers coach, might be coaching for his job. If they go one and done, uh, I, I very well could see a coaching change with the Chargers because there's a lot of buzz that, you know, with, with their coaching setup, they're not really maximizing Justin Herbert uh, and everything that he brings to the table. So I think there's a lot on the line there. And, yeah, it's really the only two games where you have most teams, both teams kind of mostly healthy, even though the Chargers are a little banged up right now. But uh, that probably, at least on paper, looks like the best matchup. And the yeah. other one, just too many quarterback injuries right now. Yeah, I, I agree, by the way. God, if Lamar Jackson was healthy, and then him versus Burrow, that would have been such a, uh, such a good game. All right, I'll leave you with this, a question you may never have been asked before, and again, joined by Ben Volan, senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe. Do you feel bad for Mike McCarthy? I tell you a coach is going to win 12 games, probably could have won 13 if they really were committed. They played in the only division where all four teams had a winning record, they lost their quarterback for a third of the season, and yet they still won 12 games. And yet we're all wondering, if Dallas loses to Tampa, ah, they're going to fire Mike McCarthy. Don't listen to Jerry Jones. For some reason, I kind of feel bad for Mike McCarthy. <laughs> uh, well, I'll say this. You know, buy the ticket, take the ride. You, you become the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah. You know exactly what you're signing up for, and he's rewarded handsomely for it uh, with his paycheck. So I don't feel too bad for Mike McCarthy. And Jerry Jones, to his credit, I think did, didn't he come out this week and say that he's not he coaching for his job? And I mean, who knows? Things can always change. But Jerry gave Jason Garrett a really long leash. He was there for, what, yeah, he did. years? So yeah. I, Jerry Jones, not 
I don't think he's quite as impulsive as people lead him to believe, as people are led to believe. And, you know, I know there's a lot of buzz with Sean Payton, but again, I don't know if Sean Payton truly wants to go somewhere where he's not going to be the guy in charge because Jerry Jones is in charge in Dallas. So yeah, Mike McCarthy does take a lot of heat um, for a guy who's won a lot of games, but he, he also should be used to it, you know, having been in Green Bay. That's another place where uh, the standards are very high. But, uh, you know, if the Cowboys are one and done again, I, I think the, the heat should be on Mike McCarthy. And yeah. even if he does return, I, I think next year really does have to be a proven year because this is a talented team, very good defense, good playmakers. They should be better than one and done. Oh, God, now I want Tampa to win 50 to nothing. So they could, uh, hey, Jerry, you sticking by what you said last week? <laughs> I want to see that so bad. Hey, Ben, really appreciate it. Love the work. Thank you for joining the show today, and thank you for making me feel better for the 38 minutes every month I spend scrolling on things I, not sh- I should not be scrolling on. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Take care. It is Ben Volan, senior NFL writer, at the Boston Globe, and uh, it's good. And you can follow him on Twitter at Ben Volan. I mean, that's the easiest Twitter account to follow, right there. And I mean, the Patriots and the coaching staff is going to be a really cool off-season conversation. On the other side, we have got a fantastic sound of the day. I'm just going to tell you right now, you will not be disappointed. It involves Larry David. We will do that right after traffic. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. A reminder that Gameplay on TSN 1050 has been brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. After this show is done, you got Overdrive coming up with Brian Hayes, Jeff O'Neill, and Jonas Siegel. And then tonight, you got the Raptors and the Hornets. But before any of that, it's time now for Sound of the Day. Sound of the Day! Sound of the Day! Here comes the Sound of the Day! Now, you can always tell the celebrities that are real sports fans versus the fakers. Fakers who go to games every now and then, they'll say they love LeBron James and don't ask them any follow-up questions. But the real celebrity sports fans go on sports talk radio shows like in New York with Michael Kay, as as uh, uh, that we heard the other day from Larry David. Larry David, who is a Jets fan, was on with Michael Kay and had this to say about contacting the New York Jets about who they should draft. I did call Mike McCagnan before the 2018 draft, and I, I recommended that he draft Lamar Jackson. I have a witness. Really? Yes, I have a witness. And what did he part. say to you when you said that? He kind of gave me the most condescending. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you actually yeah, yeah, told him that? Yeah, I told him that. He, he kind of la- laughed at me. But who can blame him? Nobody thought uh, Jackson was going to be Except good. for the Ravens. Except for the Ravens. Yeah. That is a great clip. That's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And who did the Jets take at number three? <laughs> Sam Darnold. Oh. Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Josh Allen went seventh to the Buffalo Bills. Can you name the other quarterback drafted uh, in that draft and went tenth overall? If you need another clue, I'll give you one more. What team? Arizona Cardinals. No way that was the Rosen year. That was the Rosen year. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yep, Josh Rosen. That's a a stacked draft. That's what the Denzel Ward, the Bradley Chubb. 
Yep, Quentin Nelson. Roquan uh, Smith. Patrick. Yep, Roquan. Giants took Saquon Barkley. But at number two, God, I still hate that pick. I hate that pick so much. No. And at, num- at number 32, Lamar Jackson. Wow. One pick before that. One pick before that. The Patriots took Sony Michelle. If you want to talk about what ifs, what if Belichick had drafted Lamar Jackson? How different would the AFC East have been? How different would we uh, would the AFC North? Ah, oh, so many that questions. Would have but we turned have no time. heads for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we we have and Brady would have been pissed off. I know. It's Baltimore's turn though. That's it. Yeah, you got to we'll give him credit. That's it for me. I am done for the week. It is Jim Taddy tomorrow. Have a, I will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Great job by you, Josh. Thank you, Matt. A lot of fun. Yeah, good job on the picks and the props. Appreciate it. A lot it. of fun on, on the day, yeah, on the show today. You got the Raptors. You got the Leafs. I'll catch you on Monday. We'll know the wild card weekend results, and we'll get you set for the Bucks and the Cowboys. Overdrive coming up right after traffic.